This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we get to speak with host, speaker, and chief marketing officer at Star to Star, a Sangoma company, David Portnowitz. Welcome, I am Frederick Philip Von Weiss, and you are consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do and do tech good. Welcome to the show, everybody. And our sponsor, Auth0, is helping us do just that. Auth0 makes it easy for developers to build a custom, secure, and standard-based unified login by providing authentication and authorization as a service. Try them out now by going to auth0.com. Also, check them out at youtube.com slash auth0, twitch.tv slash auth0, and avocadolabs.dev for their online meetup events. Thanks again, Auth0. That's auth0.com. Thank you so much, Auth0. Really appreciate you being our exclusive sponsor for this year. Um, so go ahead and start live chatting with us. We'll answer your questions in the order they are received. Additionally, make sure you subscribe to the show at youtube.com slash thundernerds and click on that notification bell to get alerts for new videos. And we also have exclusive subscriber giveaways. Now, with that being said, and without any adieus being furthered, let's go ahead and welcome our guests. We have speaker, host, bourbon connoisseur, and chief marketing officer at Starter Star, a Sangoma company, David Portnowitz. David, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on here. Well, thanks so much for having me, Fred. Uh, it is so good to be here with you. I know this has been something we've been trying to schedule for a while. And I got to ask you about Avocado Labs. I'm getting hungry now, maybe for some guacamole. Yeah, I, I hear what you mean. I, I do enjoy the, the avocado and the, and the guacamole. It's uh, one of my favorite treats. But yeah, man, I, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. We've worked together in some capacity now for uh, uh, a pretty long time. And I'm, I'm very grateful to have you on the show, my friend. And um, uh, just thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Yeah, we have a long history, right? I mean, I guess we could go back to... She's trying to think about it. 2007, eight, I guess it would have been 2008. Maybe was that, does that sound about right? That kind of does sound about right. Which, which sounds like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Uh, really, <laughs> especially the way um, <clears throat> the world is changing. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, j just quick disclaimer. I I've been very sick. So you might hear some coughing, sneezing and other mysterious noises. So forgive me for that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just putting that out there. Um, but but David, let's uh, let's uh, build up a little bit of context about you for for our audience first off. So you are the uh, CMO at Star to Star Communications, the Sangoma company. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that, and so we could get a, a more idea about what you do and uh, who you are. Absolutely. So I have been at Star to Star now for going on. I guess this will be my eighth year there. I started in 2013 as head of digital. Um, uh, and have worked my way up to the CMO role. I've been in that role now for about three years. Um, 
And previous to that, I worked at IMG Academy, which is, if you're familiar with the sports world, the largest youth training facility in the, in the world based here in Bradenton, Florida. Um, and I started there right out of college. Uh, that was my first job. Um, I, and I've spent seven or eight years there doing that. And that's where I met Frederick when he was working at an agency uh, nearby. And so we, we actually were using the agency and really? that's how we sort of crossed paths first. And then I left IMG and I guess it would have been October of 2013 and started at Star to Star a month later. And about, I don't know, maybe a year later, when did you start there at Star to I, Star? I, I think I started there maybe um, like nine months after you, because every time I see the career history on LinkedIn, you're like just a few months ahead of me on, on the thing. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think we... Uh, you're, I'm seven. I just got my seven years. You're eight years, maybe. I'll be eight in November, I think. Because I think okay, it was 2013. Yeah. That makes sense, right? Twenty, yeah. We do fast yeah. math. So, yeah, so, uh, um, and Star yeah. to Star, um, just for all intents and purposes, is a UCAS company. Been around for fifteen or sixteen years, um, and was recently acquired by a company called Sangoma that's based in Toronto, Canada. Um, and uh, we were really excited about this merger and coming together with the Sangoma folks um, and, and uh, sort of joining forces. They've got an entire suite of communication as a service products. Um, obviously, we are uh, a, a full service UCAS company and kind of putting our, our, our products together. We think we have the largest sort of uh, part, you know, portfolio in the industry now. So very exciting time. Um, we're going through all those integration pains. If you've been on, if you know, if, I'm sure many of you have probably experienced, you know, merging with another company, integrating, and it's, it's, um, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot to sort of to, to wade through. It's nerve wracking. It's exciting. It's all of those things put together. Um, so, you know, we're going through that right now and, uh, you know, that's kind of where we are. Let me ask you a question. So as a CMO, what, what exactly do you uh, do? What is your, what's your day-to-day -day like for people that might not understand that concept or are interested in uh, maybe having aspirations to become a CMO one day? Yeah, I think it's a lot. I, I spend a lot of time talking to um, the product side, to the sales side, to um, customer service, trying to understand, you know, where we want to position ourselves in the market, how we want to talk to our customers and our partners, um, where we want to put the focus, where sales is, you know, where, what kind of leads we want to drive, you know, all of those things that we're, that we're focused on driving revenue, essentially. Um, and then executing from there, right? I mean, like I then go down to my team and say, look, here, where's, here's what we want to focus. Here's the kind of campaigns we want to run. You know, here are, you know, the, the, um, the, the priorities we have. And I run, you know, I like to run my department in a, in a couple of ways. One, I'm not, you know, I'm not a very, um, I'm not a micromanager, I think maybe, maybe Frederick can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't try to be a micromanager. Not, you know, I know there are times when uh, I, um, you know, have to be a little bit more hands-on and try to push things through. I am impatient. I will tell you that. Um, uh, but I, I also like to run the group as more of an agency, that kind of approach. Um, and we, we, we help our partners out. We help our salespeople out. We help the company out. Those are sort of our three main uh, customers if we were to look at the agency model. Um, and, you know, we are a lean to yes organization. We want to do what we can do to help. Uh, we will go out of our way to be responsive. 
Um, I do think it's really important if someone sends us an email or someone sends us a note, you know, let's respond to them. Let's make sure we hear, you know, they feel like they're heard. Um, and that goes a long way. And I think marketing for us at Star to Star has been a bit of a differentiator uh, when the when these when the space the UCAS space has been getting commoditized, prices have been driving down, partners um, their choices have been dwindling as companies merge together. You know, marketing is an area where we think we can differentiate ourselves in this in the level of service we provide and the quality of things we do and the content we create. Um, all of those things are are things I focus on on a daily basis. And you know, I you know you're also managing people. So you, you know, that's something you have to be comfortable with if you, if you want to get into the CMO role. I mean, it is, you're, you're dealing with people and you're dealing with their issues and you're making sure that they're taken care of. And, um, you know, all of those things are a balancing act. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what being a manager is in general, right? I mean, you, you got people on top of you, you got people below you, and you've got to sort of balance in between. So um, it, it, it definitely makes for interesting days. Yes, and and also you're responsible for, uh, for, for your customers as well and, and for your partners. Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, we're a partner-led business, um, and you know, we don't sell anything direct. We sell everything through a reseller or through a you know an IT professional is going to resell our product to, um, you know, to an end user to a customer. Think about it like a a car dealership, right? So when you go to buy a Subaru, you know, you don't go right to Subaru Corporate to buy that car, right? There are there's a Subaru dealer in your area. You go to them, they get they buy the car from Subaru, they resell it to you at a higher price there's a markup in there and they're making that the money probably you know the, the upfront you know whatever that difference is there's probably some money in the recurring too and what you're paying on a car mm-hmm. on a car payment you know so those are the kinds of you know that's that that's the model that we sort of say so we've got partners that are local if you needed you know voice service if you needed security if you needed virtual desktop if you needed um those kinds of things you would go to your local IT guy you know and say hey look I don't have an IT department or maybe my IT department can't handle this kind of thing. You know, I need help. So a, a, an MSP or which is a managed service provider will come in and say, okay, we recommend Star to Star. They can help solve these problems for you and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Excellent. If yeah. So I, go ahead. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be the person um, or you wouldn't be the person I would go to then to say, hey, my uh, my tires are are uh, low on my Subaru. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would be going to my uh, Subaru dealer. Yeah. And so, you know, then the Subaru dealer is going to go back to Subaru and say, hey, Subaru, can you help us market these cars? Can you run ads? Can you give us money? You know, do you have money that we can run local advertisement here? Do you have um, collateral on these cars that we can put in our dealerships? Do you have a, a portal we can go to and download all the assets that we need? That's the same kind of thing we do for our partners, right? Our partners are in the field. They're selling, but they need the support, right? They need financial support. They need collateral support. They need content. They need to understand how the products work. Um, they need to have. They need to be trained on what to say and how to, you know, how to sell the products. So, you know, it is it is very similar to that. You could think about it like the real estate model as well. Um, you know that you know if you're, you're a real estate agent for like Coldwell Banker or something like that, where Coldwell Banker is this massive corporate company but you're going to you're a, you're a local agent they're going to provide you with tons of material tons of content training financial mm-hmm. support all of those things so very similar to those kinds of models and then for us from a marketing standpoint you know we're, we're charged with helping those partners sell we're charged with making sure that they have the right materials that they have the right people to help them um, so all of those things are are part of what we do on a daily basis 
Excellent. And for full transparency, this episode is sponsored by Subaru. They they provide a little bit of cash for the analogies. Thank you, Subaru. Just want to get that out there just in case, you know, all the cards on the table. So David, I, do, uh, we... I do own a Subaru. I wish they were sponsoring because then maybe I would get a discount <laughs> on my Subaru. But yeah. Do, do you like your Subaru? I love my Subaru. So I, I'm definitely you're not, getting you're not, you're not. You're not, you're not going to go the Tesla route? Um, uh, I think I need a... Um, I, I need a few more dollars to get to the Tesla route. So, uh. <laughs> what do you think? I I, I saw the. Uh, I don't know if uh, if the if the Musk is is putting uh, some jokes out there talking about that a Cybertruck might cost a million dollars. I saw. Is there that, any? Yeah. Uh, yeah is I, there any know, kind of? Uh, I don't. I don't truth? love the look of the Cybertruck. I'm not going to be honest. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not really my thing. Um, uh -huh. I do. You know. Listen. I do like the. Uh, what is it? The Y. I think the Y is like the sort y of their bigger SUV. Um, mm -hmm. I would definitely get a Y. My wife would love if I got a Y. She would love the idea of getting an electric mm -hmm. car. Um, mm -hmm. So I... Uh, and they're safe I'm, too. Very safe cars. Yeah, they're just, you know, just a little bit out of my price range. They're just just more money that I want to spend on a car, I should say. I I, I, I guess I guess I'm not the kind of guy... I, I, the car, it's not that important to me, I guess I would say. I think if you balance the... Uh, if you look at a few different factors, like how much it costs... Uh, like gas per month, and you factor that in to your monthly payments, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it might balance out in some scenarios because, of course, your your insurance goes up a little bit depending on um, who your agency is. So, yeah, yeah. But I digress. I, I, I would love to get a Tesla. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I would love to get. One. I love. The, I love the fact that it's just one big computer screen. It's very minimal. I love all that. So I'm in. Yeah, I, I'd love to get the Cybertruck. That's definitely my style. Well, you so want? The, you like a Cybertruck? I would love the Cybertruck. That is me all day. Me all day, yo. It looks like a... Yeah, I, I, that, I don't know about that. I don't know about that look. It looks so weird. Again, not you. I'm, I'm the target. Okay. It looks yeah, very I, long. I, think, I, feel like, I don't think it would fit in a garage. I, I would make it fit. My garage is pretty long. I, I, I like it. I, got, I would goth it all out. I totally would love that. All right. Well, I hope you one day get a Cybertruck. <laughs> me too that's my plan I think right now well, there's one of, i think right now there's one of them so i, I don't know <laughs> it, it's just that one that jay leno's driving around yeah exactly <laughs> i'm sure he has that in his thing well let's go ahead and get to our main topic <laughs> so david our main topic is the uh marketing in the roaring 20s Woo! What, what's some of the dances in the 20s the the, the charleston the charleston, the charleston. Isn't I that love the, one the where Charleston you, like, your, the arms and your legs kind of like together, like across? Yeah. I, I just see like Amy Poehler and like uh, somebody doing that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, I, think ice, I think icebergs had a moment there. Maybe, icebergs maybe, did maybe, have a moment. Maybe that was before then. All that stuff could come back. I mean, I do love the cold. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the things that um, uh, that I go to in my head right away with uh, with the Roaring Twenties here is uh, it's a product of the COVID is the um, everything to do with with coffee and the Industrial Revolution really and and I promise I'm going somewhere with that is that people used to drink alcohol all the time because it was safer than water. And then people started drinking coffee because it was a different kind of beverage that allowed us to um, not be governed by the sun and the moon, 
right? We could we could work late into the day. We could be more productive. And we, frankly, we weren't drunk as we were trying to get things accomplished. And then uh, in the late 1700s, you know, coffee became very popular, industrial revolution, et cetera, et cetera. Then we started having the coffee breaks. And, and I think in Wisconsin, in the, um, in the uh, late 50s, maybe early 50s, 51-ish, uh, somewhere in back of the future with Marty, the, the coffee break became law, right? And what happened with the coffee break is people started to become more productive. They had a coffee break in the morning and in the afternoon. And I think there's a lot of uh, similarities here, some parallels, uh, if, if you think about it, with remote work and flexible work. And we're seeing that people um, started with with remote work and flexible work, or, or rather remote work at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that people would work a lot more. They would, um, you know, they wouldn't take a, a lot of breaks, so they would work way into the night. Um, I think a lot of people have done that. I, I know I did that. I subscribed to that kind of lifestyle. But they were also happier and more productive and got a lot more done. Do you mm-hmm. do you see any kind of similarities to this uh, moving forward? Yeah, first off, I don't know what you're talking about. So, like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> How did you not catch that? <laughs> no, I didn't know. Where you're going with, yeah. I, I didn't know where you're going with the coffee thing, but no, it makes oh. sense. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think. Look, when you when we were home last year, there was less of a. There was you know you didn't have that that sort of difference between work and in your in your home right you were working from your house all the time there was no sort of like break when you left work you could sort of stop thinking about it or you could put it behind you and you could go home and you could be with your family you know there was you know there was less of that and in sort of spilled over into one you know once one uh you know big blob of you know work and and home and kids and and your significant other was that, you know, it was, it was just, it was chaos. Right. Um, and as we are getting back into the office a little bit, you know, there's definitely going to be this idea of a hybrid environment, um, where, you know, there is, you know, you're, you're home for a little bit, you're at work for a little bit, you're in the office, you know, there, and I think we're all gonna have to get used to that. You know, what does that look like? For example, you know, one of the things that I just was like, you know, I'm so tired of like carrying my, my monitor and my key in my in my mouse and this back and forth. So I was like, I'm just going to order a second one for my home. And sec- so you know, <laughs> the idea of like you need, you know, sort of needing this and then not having to set up every time you move back and forth, you know, that wasn't right. something we had to deal with um, 18 months ago. So, you know, I think there's going to be um, you know, a learning curve for a lot of companies. So how to do this right. Um, mm-hmm. I think the technology side is going to be very interesting because I think, you know, everyone was like, oh, we got to get everyone, you know, set up to work from home. They did that. Now, how do you deal with getting everyone working from home and, and also working from the office at the same time and balancing that um, and dealing with COVID and dealing with, you know, someone in the office getting sick and then, you know, people going back home for it. All of this is going to happen. Um, you know, we yeah. were fortunate enough in our world where we didn't have to go into the office last year, you know, there, and, and there are a lot of people who that, that wasn't the case the majority of people. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're, you know, we're a little bit, you and I are a little bit behind that curve. So uh, we're going to have to figure that out, but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. There's a, a, a thing I want to read here from uh, uh, what is it from Apollo technical.com. Uh, I'm going to read this quote. Upwork estimates that one in four Americans and over 26% of the American workforce will be working remotely through 2021. 
they continue to say, they also estimate that 22% of the workforce, 36.2 million Americans, will work remotely by 2025. So that being said, how do we take advantage of that in a, uh, in a marketing perspective? What, what do we think? Well, I think, I mean, I think it's probably pretty accurate. I mean, you know, as, as we see, you know, companies had plans to send people back to the office just this month and had to push those back because of COVID. So, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a rolling kind of calendar. No one knows exactly when that's going to be, you know, how we take advantage of it is one, you know, we have to be more personal, right? We have to understand that people are at home. We have to, we have to understand you know, how they're spending their time. You know, if you look at Gartner, they put out a digital distraction document that I thought was fascinating, you know, that, you know, that sort of the, the top distractions impacting employees' ability to concentrate. And you had this sort of work distractions like emails, unscheduled work-related calls, instant messaging mixed with digital distractions like your personal emails, your text messages, your social media alerts mixed with personal distractions like housekeeping responsibilities, caretaking, deliveries, mail, you know, picking up your kids, all those kinds of things. And there's sort of a point where some of these things overlap, but, you know, we have to be cognizant of that. You know, you have to be able to, to, you know, if you're trying to get a customer that's working from home, you need to be able to get, you know, speak to them in in their language. Like what are the things they're dealing with? You know, how do we help them get through the work day when their kids are at school and their significant other is here and they've got, they're dealing with, you know, trying to, do laundry and, and clean the, and, and all of these things at the same time. So um, I think it's important that that marketers understand, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, if you're going to send something to their, you know, if you're going to send them a package, don't send it to their work address, find out their home address, you know, little things like that uh, make a big difference. And, you know, I, I, I've seen some companies do that well and some companies still struggle with it. So um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think That's it's all about understanding the, the, the mindset or the, you know, what what the customer is dealing with at the at the time? It's interesting you bring that up. Like, so what are besides that? What are some other um, lessons we we've learned from the from the lack of face to face that that we didn't have the, this deficiency in in business that we could um, a- empower ourselves to to use uh, going into twenty twenty two? Wow, that's a <laughs> You know, like, 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 like some best practices for the future. Yeah. I think, I think one, it is, you know, if you're, if you, if you're managing people, I think it's being flexible. I think you have to be flexible. Uh, I think you have to understand that people are going to work from home. Sometimes they're going to come into the office. You can't have this, uh, you know, idea that everyone's just going to be there every day. I think, I think you have to have that. Um, You know, I think you need to be um, realistic with people. You know, people have been working from home. And they they like the idea, you know, that they can do that. And I think you need to be realistic that that's going to happen sometimes. Um, and so, you know, to me, those are the kinds of things I think about. You know, from a from the customer standpoint, you know, what what's going to drive them is, you know, they're going to be looking for technology that makes it easier for them to go back and forth, to work from anywhere. Um, to have one seamless application that they can do all these things in. You know, they don't want to have to drag a big computer back and forth. They want to be able to boot up quick. They want to be able to get their get their stuff right away. You know, it's it's you know, you want to make their life as simple as possible. It's going to help increase their productivity. Um, it's going to make their 
you know, technology stack easier. You know, these are the things that we're hearing from our customers. They want one vendor for these things. They want to be able to go to one place and get all this stuff. So, you know, that's what's important to our customers. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, when you talk about that kind of stuff, it makes me think about um, things like desktop as a service to where mm -hmm. people could utilize some kind of central source for their uh, for, for, for that kind of um, technology and then distribute basically machines mm -hmm. <laughs> and all that stuff is kind of covered. You know, you, you don't have to worry about the security of what happens if that uh, laptop gets stolen or, um, you know, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, having somebody come to your location and loading a bunch of things on their machine. Um, it's, you can do it all virtually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do, do you mind uh, just maybe, um, I know I just uh, put out a, a, a statement like that. Do you mind kind of just briefly uh, with some brevity, just, just going over what that uh, DAWs solution might be? Yeah, so I mean, you think about it like, you know, you want to boot up um, your computer and you want to be able to have the applications that you use every day. So like, let's say you're in Salesforce every day, um, you use Adobe and you use your email. Those are really the only applications you use. So you have a virtual desktop, so you boot it up. It looks like a regular computer, but those applications are in the cloud. And you, you know, you're, it's not taking up your computer hard drive space. You could use a thin client, like if you, you could use like a Chromebook or a lightweight you know, uh, tablet or something like that. And the applications are in the cloud, they're secure. You know, if, you, if you lose it, like you mentioned, you, know, they, you, know, you can just erase it you know, from wherever you are and then you know, get a new inexpensive piece of hardware um, and, and load those applications in again, be, you know, you left off in some place, you were doing emails, you were, you were using office 365 or whatever the case is, and you want to pick right back up. You can do those things because it's all stored in the cloud. Um, and from a, from a corporate standpoint, it's really nice because I can control what's on the machine. You know, they're, they can't download their own personal email. They can't be checking Facebook. You know, they, you know, you, you can kind of monitor those things. Um, and it, it reduces your cost, right? You don't have to buy everybody a $1,500 MacBook, although we like our nice MacBooks, you know. Or, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. get a Chromebook. <laughs> yeah, but you can spend two or $300 on a Chromebook and you, exactly. can get the, and you can get the same kind of functionality. Or, you know, you can, a lot of times you can, you might even just build this with, with like a Raspberry Pi, you know, you know 40, 50 bucks, um, wow, hook yeah. it up to a monitor and be good to go. So, you know, you know, those are the kinds of things you can do in a, in, a, in a virtual desktop experience. And, you know, we work closely with Citrix and they're the leader in this space, um, you know, on, on the virtual desktop side. And, you know, there are multi-billion dollar large enterprises using virtual desktop. You know, it's a, it's, and it became more popular during the pandemic because you had people working from home and you wanted to, you know, companies wanted to be able to control the applications on the, on the computer and they wanted to make sure it was secure. And that, you know, and they want to make it so that, you know, you don't have the VPN in, it slows you down. Like this takes all that away. So it, it just, it's a, it's a very elegant solution for that problem. Yeah. I would say if anybody wants to learn more about that, they could go to star2star.com slash DAS, D-A-A-S. And we'll put a link to that, obviously, in the show notes. Just you're, better, you're better at that than me. <laughs> Let's go to our next kind of uh, topic on topic here it is uh event marketing one of the yeah. things that i know you uh very much enjoy uh for these virtual events without um these uh events and you know it, these kind of things in 2020 it's um you know what 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 did businesses do and more importantly um what what are the takeaways for empowering the future you know we're we're gonna start to get back 
to the way things look a, a little bit. You know, we're going to have some of these events, but, um, you know, we, we've learned that a lot of times these virtual events, people are either, you know, they're halfway there, halfway not, you know, they're, they're, they're either I, eating I, their, I their Chinese food or. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Not even that I'm being gracious. Yeah. I think you're being very gracious. I, I can tell you <laughs> that. Um, well, uh, tell me, tell me about that. Like, what do you think the results were and what can we do better moving forward? Obviously people are starting to get out a little bit. We we don't know what the foreseeable future holds, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll not jump into that. Yeah. So I think last year with virtual events was really, it was pretty difficult. I think people were overwhelmed with them. Um, it's very hard to do a virtual event while also being checking your email and doing work. You know, I think when you're at an event, you can kind of be there. You can kind of monitor your email on a phone. If you need to jump on a quick call, you can do that, but you're not really in the office, right? I mean, your, your, your staff kind of knows you're not there. Um, you know, there's not an expectation that you're going to be able to return this email in two seconds, or that you're going to be able to jump on this project right away. You know, but when you're at a virtual event, I think some of those barriers are not as clear, right? So you know, there is sort of an expectation that you're doing the virtual event and you're still kind of working at the same time. Um, and it's hard to schedule around. I mean, you really needed to pretend like you were at an event and then clear your calendar and then do that all day. And I think that's hard. It was, it was hard for me. Um, may not, you know, some of the people may have been more successful with it. It was not, you know, for me and for the events that we tried to do uh, and do recruiting in and things like that, it, they were just not super successful. So, you know, I am looking forward to getting back to in-person events when it's safe. Um, I'm hoping that we can do yes. that um, this year. And, you know, I think that they're not going to be as, as well attended as they have been in the past. I think that's going to be sort of part of the new normal over the next, I don't know, 12, 24 months. Um, but I think people are also excited to get back out. You know, you look at, I know, you look at places like Las Vegas and 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 uh, Florida, which we do a lot of. You know, there's a lot of people come to Orlando for events, big big convention center. You know, those places have been pretty crowded. Um, yeah. You know, so I think people they want to go. They 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 want to be able to travel again. Um, I know if you've, I mean, if you have done any traveling and you know, in the past six months, you know how hard it is. You know, flights are expensive, rental cars are hard to get, hotel rooms are expensive again. Um, you know, so people or people want to get out of the house. Um, but I, you know, virtual, you know, going back to virtual events, I just, it's to not, not for me. Um, I didn't find anything that really worked. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear a lot of people talking about things like incentivizing with, with games, contests, quizzes, but I, it, it seems like everybody had that same kind of experience where they, they tried so many different things, but again, it's, it's one of those, video fatigues like you don't want to yeah. sit in front of the camera uh or or, you know, or the computer for some kind of event such as this um or, or such as that rather for uh, a five hour time period it's just it's too much yeah it is absolutely too much i mean it's there it's exhausting right you just can't do it all day um you know mm -hmm. the, the zoom fatigue was was a real thing um people experienced it all across the 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 world really um and, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's a lot to sit there and kind of listen, you know, just to listen to sessions and listen. And, you know, that's, that's hard to do. And, you know, it's hard to not get distracted, go back to that digital distraction thing that I talked about, you know, it's hard to not do laundry at the same time, or, you know, you're checking 
Twitter or you're texting with your friend or you're also doing email, you know, those things all come up, you know, when you're just kind of sitting there, like, you're like, well, I'm just sitting here listening. I could do this. And this. When you start doing those things, you're not really listening anymore. Right. You're kind of like half listening, half doing this, a third doing that fourth, you know, so it's, it's, it becomes very, very difficult to keep, keep anybody's attention for any uh, period of time. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. You know, speaking of that, then uh, kind of Jumping into my next question, which which uh, blends blends into what we were just talking about, I wanted to ask you about how you um, how you reimagined marketing through all this, and what did you find successful? You know, if we think about demand generation being uh, the top of the funnel, the the marketing qualified leads, and the bottom of the funnel being sales qualified leads, like how what exactly did you do in a response once um, once we got a little bit down the line of 2021 and um yeah. maybe maybe um what kind of takeaways can we uh apply that that's applicable to next year yeah good question so i think for us it was important to sort of double down on digital wherever we could you know um this was this was the case for a lot of um a lot of companies right you know you were looking for ways to drive new leads people were spending a lot of time online you know how could you engage with them through um, through SEM, through SEO, how could you engage with them where they are, you know, what, where, what the platforms they're using, um, <clears throat> how do you reach them at home? You know, um, you know, we, we did several things where we're, you know, we're mailing something to someone's house. That was not something we used to do. You know, we would send in something to, to the office, you know, courtesy of their name. And so, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things, um, were important to us. And we also were, you know, we were, um, cognizant that people were, uh, you know, uh, in, they were, they, it was a time of sort of unease, right? So people, you know, they didn't yeah. know what to expect. They didn't know where, you know, where, so we tried to be very comforting to them. We tried to be there for them to support them, you know, both financially uh, when needed. We tried to make sure that their, their needs were taken care of. If, if they needed something, you know, if someone got sick, you know, God forbid, um, you know, the, you know, we, you just tried to sort of be a good partner. Um, yeah. And then from a, you know, from a, you know, driving lead standpoint, I think you really needed to focus on digital. Um, you needed to be, you know, socially, you know, socially there, you know, you need to have a presence there. You need to be tapping into that. Um, you needed to be, uh, you know, when people were looking for you online, you know, you needed to be there, you know, you needed to look at, you know, re um, uh, review sites and, and be, have a presence there. You needed to do email marketing, which eh, I think got, got, we've, <laughs> we've certainly, certainly jumped the shark there. If we hadn't already five years ago, we certainly did last year with the amount of, mm -hmm emails that we you would get from companies saying you know trying to be a little bit kitschy about oh yeah you're at home you know yeah like you know so <laughs> look everyone you know we we all had like we all we all dealt with that um yeah you know but there are you know there's only so many levers you can pull um and you just had to be you had to pull the right one at the right time and and, and you know that's that's you know it's more you know sometimes a little bit marketing is a little bit more of an art so you you know that's that's it's balancing that art with that science. Yeah, that's fair. It's 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 definitely art and and numbers and all that. So yeah, I mean, so so do would you think then that COVID has uh, has changed the practice of business as a whole forever? Will will marketing ever be the same, or are we just kind of full on focusing on these digital experiences? No, I think I think that there have been some areas where it's where you're never going to go back, right? It's never it, like we we talked about events; they're never going to be probably as 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 big as they were before, um, just mm -hmm. because people are they 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 don't have to travel, they don't feel that need. 
Um, I think, like I said, there may be, there's going to be a boom. People want to get out of the house, but then it'll probably slowly trend back down. Um, when people get tired of traveling again, you know, when they get in the airport and they're stuck there overnight and their planes, planes been delayed for no reason, you know, people are going to remember why they didn't want to travel to begin with. Um, (laughs) quick, quickly get reminded when you go to an airport and you're like, Oh God, I, 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 now I know why I didn't want to do this. Uh So, um, you know, I think there are some things that will change. I think, you know, digitally, um, you know, the main thing that I think you're going to see going forward is people want to be able to get access to the information, you know, as quickly. I mean, this is already the case, but I think it was doubled down. Like people don't want to spend a lot of time, you know, on your site looking for a million different things. They come there for, for a specific reason. They've most likely already done the research as, you know, um, you'll hear, you know, they, they've already talked to somebody about your company. They've already looked you up online. They've taught, you know, they've, they've read a review. They come to your site. They want to be able to buy or download or, and, and, and then they want to go, right. They don't want to spend a lot of time. So I think you have to do a good job of trying to capture their attention right away. Um, you want to provide the right content to them that, you know, that, that they're happy and they don't feel like you're attacking them or they don't feel like, you know, you're, you know, dropping in on them and, and, and sort mm-hmm. of, pouncing on them. That was one thing that you saw a lot of. I, I, I didn't even bring this up, but like the, I, this whole like LinkedIn pouncing thing where you would, I don't know, I got so many LinkedIn invites and you would get all the in, time, you get an, all the time, you get an, you get an accept. And then three seconds later, they're pouncing on you with a, with a message. And you're like, dude, I don't even know who you are. Like, <laughs> like, like 10 paragraphs. Like, yeah. Hey, good buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. What? <laughs> Well, and you instantly regret, like, I, I, why did I accept that? Yeah, I have been, like, I have definitely found myself being way more discerning around um, uh, LinkedIn invites. I'm like, if I don't know you or if I don't have, like, a lot in common with you, I'm definitely not accepting you. And, like, <laughs> it is a it is a cesspool right now to me. And, I, you know, no, no offense to LinkedIn, but it's hard to navigate. It is it's hard to know when things were posted, like the the time, you know, it's really good yeah. for B2B and interacting, but like as a, as someone who just goes on there to see what others are talking about as someone who, you know, you might be using it for job searching or things like that. It's, it is, it is overwhelming. You know, the amount of pitches you get and the amount of co- people trying to sell you something. I mean, it's just, it is, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough to break through there. And it's, it's very hard. It, the pouncing is really annoying. Like it's very annoying. I, I think it goes back to the um, the old 80-20 rule, which is, yeah. you know, you want to make sure that you're um, take 80% of your time and, 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 and use that to provide value, give things back, you know, like podcasts or um, courses, live streams or, or special links that you find will be useful for, for your audience, things that they find value in. And then take that other 20% and then actually promote your business and talk about the things that that you're doing otherwise you just become like a like a small piece in the mosaic of uh, spam on the wall and and n- nobody hears you it's there, there there's no value in there yeah you just become a gnat <laughs> that they want to do away. <laughs> yeah um, just go go away like go away <laughs> i you know i i hope linkedin i'm sure LinkedIn has obviously seen that they're probably their open rates are very low on those kind of like, so I'm, you know, I'm sure that they're working on things to help improve that. Um, But they also probably like it, right? People are on their site more, people are 
connecting more. I mean, those are all things LinkedIn wants to wants you to do. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it does not make for a real grading experience in my my in my mind. I mean, I I have a hard time with it. It's just. Um, <laughs> yeah, even if you're even if you're getting sorry to interject, but even if you're getting like those uh like those meet those uh quick spam things like blah 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 blah. If you read it for an extra ten seconds while well, you stayed on the site a little bit longer, yeah, right? <laughs> you stayed yeah, on their platform. I think, I think LinkedIn, you know, has it serves its purpose with with job searching, with 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 some with some networking and people in your community with um you know, with being able to reach out to potential partners or customers, uh, you know, but understanding that, that it's just one medium for that, that it's not going to be, you know, the, the, the be all end all. Like you can't just say, Oh, well, we're just going to do all of our things here on LinkedIn, which I think a lot of companies do. They just kind of like, you know, rely on LinkedIn for finding new customers all the time. Um, and I think you have to just understand how it should be used uh, and, and understand that people do not want to spend hours reading your 10 paragraph LinkedIn mail. Um, about your company. I mean, it's just, 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 it's pointless. Like be, be quick, be direct, be connect with them on something. So talk, you know, mention, a, mention the university that you both went to or you know, connect, you know, be, try to try to bring something to the conversation other than just being annoying. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You know, speaking of LinkedIn, what about some other platforms? There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of buzz about these uh, audio only, only platforms. There's things like, um, like Clubhouse, um, Twitter Spaces, Discord, and now um, Spotify Green has yeah Green Spotify Room. Green Room, which yeah. I I I've downloaded, but I haven't had a chance to actually try it out yet. Now, um, what what do you think about these? Are these um are these going to be the future? I mean, they're definitely the answer to video fatigue, um, and they're certainly a great way to uh, for a lot of people to just open up without having quote unquote to be on the camera for people that don't care for that. Yeah, I was following Clubhouse pretty closely. And if you noticed that their trends last year, they added a ton of users. They were kind of in beta um, uh, for a long time. And then they, they their numbers went kind of plateaued, right? People were interested yeah. in it. They thought it was cool. And then the numbers kind of plateaued. They just recently opened it up to sort of open up any anybody. Their numbers went up again, I think, last week. But they're, you know, they're not, they were not they were not adding the same number of users that they were back in the middle of the pandemic last year. So I think there's a little bit of interest there. I am keen to see where it goes. I mean, you obviously see companies like Spotify and Twitter um, putting money into this. So there's, uh, there's something there for them. Uh, I saw Twitter spaces um, is allowing, you know, their, um, their content creators to, mo to mo um, monetize those things. So you could create, oh. you know, a Twitter space, you know, you can charge for that exclusive content, which is very cool. I think that's an awesome thing for, for Twitter to do. Anything that I think Twitter Apple's doing do, that now too. What, who is Apple? Apple, yeah. They're going to start doing some uh, exclusive uh, paid podcasts, I believe. Podcast yeah. content. Yeah, I did. I, I did see that too. I think, and, and, and Spotify does that as well. Um, mm. So I think any, anytime these companies are giving their creators opportunities to, 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 to make, to, to monetize what they're doing. I think that's great. I'm all for that. The gig economy, I think is still roaring. People will uh, maybe, maybe disagree with me there, but I think people are still doing a lot of freelance work and, and creating content on the side. Um, yeah. And, you know, if, it, if, if, if Apple and Twitter and Spotify are giving are providing opportunity for them to monetize that in any way to do that and make that easier, I think that's great. Um, so, you know, I'm absolutely all for that. Now, um, I think 
there will come a time when those platforms are, you know, maybe hit their limit. I, I, I don't know. We, I don't, we haven't seen it yet, obviously. I, okay. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I am, I think there's a limit to the sort of audio only spaces. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we're not there yet. Um, but uh, I, I do think at some point there's going to be, you know, sort of, it's just, it's just too many applications. <laughs> it's like too many things <laughs> to try to do. Um, well, uh, look at TikTok. There's a lot of people that are um, making, making money with TikTok. It's, you know, it's, it's really easy to, to do that. Um, you, you don't have to do overproduced content because it's, it's, it's more about just, just being authentic, being yourself yeah. and getting things out there. Look at the, um, the ocean spray guy, right? A guy riding the skateboard, oh, drinking yeah, the ocean, yeah, yeah. ocean spray, um, see singing, uh, Stevie Nicks or something like yeah, that. Stevie like, Nick, like yeah. yeah, look how much, uh, how much, uh, interest that generated for ocean spray. You know, and that that came out of nowhere, and then yeah. Ocean Spray like just banked on that, right? So, and that guy became you know pseudo famous in his own right uh, in in that fifteen minutes. But there there's there's so many opportunities in these um in, in these uh, emerging communities and platforms. It's it's uh, you you'd be crazy not to try to take advantage of it. Oh no, I agree. I mean, I think right now you want to strike where the iron's hot. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so I think you want to you know be there. Um, and, and you know. Uh, I, I'm getting some funny comments here. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity to, to try to monopolize, you know, try to take advantage of those while, while they're, while people are using them. Um, but again, now there's Twitter spaces and there is, there is a Spotify green room and there is clubhouse, you know, it, where are people actually, you know, like, it, you know, it's hard, you know, you just, there's one after another and you're trying to reach those people. That's hard. Um, so. <laughs> so, sorry to chuckle. I'm just looking at, at Jeremy's comment here about how, uh, for the record, ocean spray is nasty. Thank you for, for your clever insight there, Jeremy. Much appreciated. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had ocean spray, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think I had ocean spray quite a while ago. And, and yes, you, you might have to add some simple syrup to that. I'm not a fan of the, the cranberry juice in general. So that's, that's, that's not my thing, but you know, I, I prefer, I, I, I prefer you know, out of the two things from that from that video, I'd prefer Fleetwood Mac over Ocean Spray. Yeah, yes, I I would definitely lean into the Fleetwood Mac over the Ocean Spray. It's just kind of nasty. They got <laughs> a lot of hits. They did. I, I and I mean, you know, I'm sure uh, people went out and tried their nasty drink um, and, and said, "Oh, well, I, it's it's good enough for that guy." I, yeah. I I don't know how that worked out for them, but apparently, well, now that, well. You, now, that now that you've ruined your opportunity to ever get Ocean Spray as a sponsor. <laughs> I, you know what? I think I'm okay with that. Sorry, spray. <laughs> but you, you know, speaking of those, um, those audio platforms, like 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 we were talking about discussing, um, uh, Clubhouse, et cetera, et cetera, audio uh, format and, and video content are, are are really becoming more of a, a big thing, right? Because and, and you see that trend a lot now because nobody wants to Google things like um, like how to tie a tie for example, yeah, right? yeah. and see a, a 1500 word article on it and read it and go, okay, cool. They, they want things that are easily digestible uh, and, and they could consume it, get it like that and, and get on with their day. Right. So things like short form videos and, and, and audio, it's, it, it's so powerful. Like if you create like a little three minute video and again, you know, you know, talking about that ocean spray guy, that was a three minute video and look at the power that that, uh, provided. 
Yep. Yeah, no. About people getting more into that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, I think that's only going to continue. You know, I'll give you a good example. Um, you know, I had, I bought during the pandemic, I got a Peloton bike and I started, and the first day I get it, I, you know, I get it, I, I, I clip in with my shoes and I, and then the, the cleat of my nice. shoe, I didn't have it screwed in all the way and it got stuck in the thing, right? So I'm like, oh, shh, Nikes, first day I have this thing, I've already broken it. So, <laughs> like, I go, I Google it, you know, I search for what I, what happened and then boom, Peloton has a literally a one minute video on, if this happened to you, here's how you, uh, here's how you get the cleat out. D- did it? Was You know, it was oh. like, so like, you know, I didn't have to read anything. I watched the video. It was very, it was quick. It was informative. It showed me exactly what to do and how to get the cleat out. And boom, I was back to, I was writing. Like, so it was really nice to have that, you know, they answered my question right away. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of thing I think is going to become, if it isn't, I mean, it's already more, it's already super pervasive, but, you know, to be able to, um, serve up that kind of content, um, for your customers is super helpful. So, you know, I, I, I think that right there, you know, customer has a problem, doesn't need a contact support, isn't tying up your people, you know, isn't driving up your, your, your wait times on your support line. You created this video, which probably took you, uh, about, you know, 20 minutes to create and edit. Uh, and boom, you, you fixed it, you know, so like it, it, it it's super, super uh, common It's only going to become more common. It's interesting here. Uh, here's an interesting uh, comment from Jeremy again. Thank you so much, Jeremy, talking about <laughs> going back to the ocean spray just a little bit and how, uh, you know, uh, how, how this uh, affects Spotify. That's very interesting. You have any response to this? I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the TikTok, TikTok uh, has huge, huge draw on, on what songs are popular. I mean, uh, I am not the guy you want to talk to about what's popular on TikTok. That is that is not that is not an app I have on my phone. I've only recently discovered Instagram Instagram uh, Reels, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, that was fascinating to me. That was like a like a bad rabbit hole um, for like two weeks. But uh, I, I have not delved into TikTok. I feel like I need to spend less time on my phone, not more. So I I, I don't think I don't think that would be healthy for me. I think my <laughs> maybe that's not. I downloaded TikTok and started watching TikTok videos nonstop. I'm already. Well, I'm, 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 I'm. I spend too much time on Twitter as it is. Maybe you could be more of a content creator mindset. You know, maybe you know that could, it could be a thing where you know we we may need to uh, start start looking at TikTok in more of a, a serious kind of fun way to absolutely help get get things out. You know, it's it, it's definitely about putting out. You know, we we could do things like. Um, uh, marketing tips or sales tips there there there's a, a endless uh, amount of different things you could do depending on who your audience is that would uh very much enjoy little things like that that you put out you know uh one of the things that i, I do want to hold on get, hold on hold on do i have to dance do i have to like do a little dance while i'm like where you like point to something and then like pops up and then like you point to over here and then it pops like i have to do like one of those well, they they do recommend using a song, a, to, a very popular song, and the filters to get your uh, views up. So, yeah, I'm gonna say that's mandatory. <laughs> All right. Well, I you know I can dance. I recommend the Macarena for you. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see. What we can do. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> you know, uh, wh- one of the things that I wanted to get to quickly, uh, we don't have to touch on it too fast, but. Um, uh, Google localization. Um, I'll, I think a lot of people don't understand the, uh, the, the power here of, of having things like a, a local phone number or a local website and, and showing up in the SERPs for, for things that, that are very local. You know, for example, if, if you are in you know, Washington, D.C., 
uh, and you're in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and you search for uh, a lawn company, you're going to get very different results, right? Obviously. But uh, do you mind kind of uh, touching on that and and just 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 with some brevity about the power of that and exactly how people could take advantage of Google localization? I mean, it's I mean, for you have to think of Google Maps as a social network. That's the way I would say it is Google Maps and and Google Maps and Google localization sort of tie right they're 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 you know, they they're this they're basically two sides of a coin right so you're going to you're going to you know if you're if you're a, co- a company that um is a is promoting some kind of product in your area and you want people to find you you've got to be localized to that area and you've got to be on Google Maps if you're if you've got a retail you know if you've got a retail um, side of your business so you know there are more people spending time on Google Maps than they're probably spending time on anything else. Um, and and Google Maps makes it super easy to localize your business, um, to add in descriptors, to add in keywords, to add in videos, to answer reviews, to um, post pictures. I mean, it has all the things that you would think about in a, in a social network, but you just don't think about it like that. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, it, it's as crucial as anything else. And especially if you've got a retail side of your business. I mean, if you're, if you're not on Google maps and you don't show up there, you don't exist. Um, so, you know, and from a, from a local SEM standpoint, you know, you need to be optimized for the area you're in, right? You've got to have keywords that are local to your area that, that, that use, if you're in Atlanta, like Jeremy is, you know, you've got to be able to say, you know, you know, Atlanta, something or other Atlanta, this, you know, this isn't it. Like you have to put that in on your website. You've got to put videos out that, that talk about that. You've got to have customer, right. customer testimonials. The Google wants to see all of these things. You can't just like stuff your page with the word. You have to have other stuff up there. You've got to have video. You've got to have social, you know, all of those things are, are, are super, super important. So, um, you know, I, you know, to me, if you're a small business that's local, you know, there is nothing more important than being optimized on Google. I mean, it is, it's, 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 you know, if you're not, you're dead. Well said, if you're not, you're dead, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I, I totally get your point and it's, it's a super valuable and uh, definitely worth investing. Um, we're getting really, really short on time here. So I want to get to, uh, two last segments. The first one being our lightning round. I was dancing. That was a good dance. I, I think we got that on camera. So I'm I'm really, okay. really happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> so the lightning round, just it, it's exactly how it sounds. I'm going to ask you some questions. We'll do some quick uh, Q&A here. So David, what is your favorite thing about yourself? Oof. My favorite thing about myself. Gosh. Just about yourself. This yeah. is a lightning round question. <laughs> <laughs> you should have answered already. It's a lightning round. Uh, my favorite thing about myself, um, honestly, I guess, yeah, I guess it would be my my uh, my sense of humor. Mm, I wouldn't go with that, but okay, that's good. Why? Um, <laughs> what would you say? Just, <laughs> I'm just joking. That is my humor. Okay, <laughs> just being funny. What uh, what book are you reading right now for enjoyment? I just picked up the new Andy Weir book. The guy who wrote. Mm. Um, the, the Matt what was that Matt Damon movie that was about Mars, you know, I'm talking about the Martian. Yeah. 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 The Martian the Martian. Yeah. yeah. I read that book, the Martian, and he just wrote a new book. Um, and I just got that and I, I got that like two days ago. So I'm really excited to, to break that open and start reading that. Mm, huh. That sounds great. You'll have to send me a link so I can put that in the show notes. Hold on. I'm going to tell you the name of it. 
I'm okay. I'm going to Google it because I'm on, you know, because you can do those kinds of things. Um, yeah, you could Google it's called Project Project Hail Mary. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Shoot me a link if you can, please. So I'll add yeah. that in the show notes. Um, David, if you cannot be around computers for the rest of your life, what would you be doing? Playing golf. Playing golf. Ah, uh, are you good at golf? I mean, if I define your definition of good, I mean, I can. <laughs> I. Uh... I'll take that as a no. Next question, David. <laughs> <laughs> Just get it. Are no, you good I, at golf? I, I enjoy playing golf. Uh, mm. I. I, it's my favorite thing to do uh, sort of outside of work. Um, and that and collect bourbon, but you know, I, that, that's, that's, I need a computer for that project. Uh, but the golf thing I can do without. <laughs> so. I think my, uh, my last, uh, uh, lightning question here is tell me about being a, a bourbon connoisseur. Tell me a little bit about your bourbon collection. Well, what do you want to know? I've got, I've got, an, an, I now have a spreadsheet. I spent one Saturday morning about two weeks ago creating a spreadsheet where I categorized all my bourbons that I have. Um, okay. I've got about, I don't know, about about 105 bottles or so. Um, okay. and well, what makes a good bourbon then? Tell me, tell me that. Um, I like a weeded bourbon that that's I like something that's been aged at least probably four to six years. Something that's got a little wheat flavor to it, maybe mm. a little bit of spice. Um, you know, I. I uh, I like something that you can sip very very easily. A little bit maybe it has a little bit of that vanilla or nutmeg or um, or cherry flavor. Uh, you know, I, they're just it's just a nice way to end the evening. I would say. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, so I I, um, I got to tell you the be- the most fun thing about the whole bourbon thing is collect is just finding the cool finding different bottles that you would you couldn't you know. It is, um, that to me is the most fun part, right? You're sort of, you're trying to find these bottles that are not, you know, you can't buy at every store that, you know, maybe you're behind the counter or you have to build a relationship with someone to sort of get it. Um, you know, there is, there's just, there's a, there's a whole, it's, 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 it's basically, you know, it's the same if you're collecting baseball cards, right? I mean, it's the same kind of concept. Um, I'll tell you a quick funny story. So please my son um, is super into Pokemon and has this big Pokemon card collection. And one day he got, we, I picked him up from school and I was with my, my daughter was in the car and she had a couple of his Pokemon cards in her hand. And, you know, he, she was playing with them and she, and he was like, give them back to me give them back to me. And I was like, Ari, it's fine. Just let her hold them. And he was like, what would you say if I was taking your bourbon bottles? You'd feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> he got you. That's awesome. So I was kind of like, well, I guess you're right. So I was like, all right, Simone, give him back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. So, so could you could you mix bourbon with ocean spray? You think that would improve? Um, like ocean cranberry juice and bourbon. I mean, I'm I'm sure you could come up with something. I'm See, sure there's a TikTok right there. Yeah, I guess ocean spray. They don't, if they want to sponsor my TikTok. If I could, you know what? I'm left. I don't. I don't care about the ocean spray sponsorship. But if Buffalo Trace wants to come in and send me free bourbon to try, uh, and then I make, I'm in for that. <laughs> I love it. All right, David. Let's get to our very last segment here. Again, excellent dancing. Applause. By the way, you look very dapper today. Looking good. I like your outfit. As always, a very dapper man. David, uh, this is our part where we like to provide a opportunity for uh, parting words of wisdom for our audience. All you, my friend. Um, parting words of wisdom. Um, get vaccinated and wear a mask. 
Excellent. Any kind of marketing stuff? <laughs> That's not what you expected me to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Um, no, I think from a marketing standpoint, um, be be agile, um, be flexible, be authentic. Um, don't don't be too pushy. Uh, you know, it is it, you know customers will find you if you have the right content in place. Um, and you know, it's, it is a matter of, um, making sure you're ready for them to come to you, uh, and making sure that you have the the right process in place to take advantage when they do come. So, um, you know, be prepared. All of those things are going to happen. Um, and, 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 and lastly, the last thing I'll say is, you know, if you're running an organization or if you have people, you know, it's take care of your people too. Um, they're the, you know, they're the lifeblood of what you're doing and, and, you know, make sure that they're happy and they're healthy. And, um, you know, those are my, those are my, 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 I guess my parting thoughts. Those are great. No, that that's excellent. Thank you so much, David. And for people that want to find out more about David Portnowitz, you can find him at Twitter at, uh, D Portno and, uh, the website for star to star is star to star.com. You can find him on LinkedIn and Sangoma.com. We'll have all those links in the show notes. David Portnowitz, thank you so much for being on the show. Super appreciate it. And you sharing your time with us. And uh, again, my friend, I'm very uh, grateful and honored for you uh, to, to come on the show. Thank you so much. It was great being here. I, I just wish that we could have had Brian on too, but it was great talking to you, Frederick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for watching. We'll catch you next time. Take care, everybody. for consuming the thunder nerds we honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show please subscribe on youtube and itunes write us review a few stars our way i enjoy the best podcast for technology out there and that is thunder nerds thunder nerds thunder nerds that's our new intro. <laughs> exactly. I hope you don't mind if we use that. I'll say about it after the show. Oh, I love penguins. I love Frederick. Oh, I love penguins. I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?